0: If you've been to Sunday school, you know about the walls of Jericho. If you went one time, you probably heard about them. Uh, It's it's an amazing story that we're going to be talking about uh, this morning in a a message called Overcoming Obstacles, the Fall of Jericho. Um, Hebrews 11.30, which we're working our way through Hebrews chapter 11, said it like this. Uh, It was by faith... That the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and the walls came crashing down. You heard that song that says, all my fear has got to come crashing down, just like Jericho. And, uh, and, and so that's the heart of this message this morning. We're talking about obstacles, because this was a time in the nation of Israel they'd been, uh God had led them out of Egypt with Moses, and now the leadership had been turned over to Joshua. And they were close to moving into the promised land. And they come up on Jericho, which was uh, a, a fortified city that was standing between them and what God had promised for them. And so this was a season in their life that, that there was an obstacle that just seemed insurmountable, honestly. And so I want you to think about in your own life, and this would be really easy to be just kind of uh, do a... Um, I don't know what you said, like a leadership talk or, you know, about obstacles in your life and your career and your family and, 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 you know, what's your dream, what's your the promotion you're waiting on, the right job, the right uh, thing in your life. And here's how we're going to work through, the, through those obstacles. But that's not what we're going to talk about this morning. What, what I want to talk to you about is the truth and the reality of the obstacles that be- stand between you And God's purpose and plan for your life. Okay? Not between you and your personal ambition and dreams. Okay? I believe God can speak into the heart of a believer dreams, visions, hopes, things they'd like to see, things they'd like to do, things they'd like to be. You can check those with your integrity and motivation and say, why am I doing this? Motivation really will speak a lot in your heart and speak to the why of what you're doing. But what I want to tell you about is, is that there's absolutely the truth that you are in a current place and God has a plan and purpose for you. And when it comes to those things, because you see, God had already promised the land of Canaan to these people. So when they come to the city of Jericho and these walls and this this fortification, it, it, it was an obstacle. But in, in my mind, it was really more like a distraction, because God had already given this over to them. He'd already promised it. This was something they could easily walk through. They just didn't know how. So the same thing is true in your life. There are things that that will feel like obstacles, and there's really just distractions. Sometimes it's emotion. It's fear. Uh, anxiety, discouragement, guilt, shame Um, sometimes it's money or insecurity or or knowledge or perfectionism or you're just so stressed out or conflict or bad relationships or you're just a procrastinator. Anybody procrastinator? That's a long time I finished my sermon about nine o'clock Sunday morning for many years. I'm pretty close to having it done by Friday afternoon at the end of the work day. I'm a procrastinator by nature. These things become odd, or addiction can become obstacles or distractions. And so this morning I was thinking about Joshua, and really when he got to the wall, and we're going to get to the scripture in a minute, in Joshua chapter 6. When they they got to where they could see Jericho, they really had three things they can do. One is they could give up. They could be like, well, we thought God wanted us to go there, but there's that wall. We can't get past that. Can't do that. So they could have given up. Um, The other thing they could have done was just kind of like denied that it was there Pretended like they were able to overcome it themselves and they just could have just not even acted like it was a real thing We do that sometimes With obstacles in our life. We don't even name them like we say. Well, well, we know we're in debt, but eventually it'll take care of itself Just kind got to pretend like it's not there. You never get intentional about calling it out for what it is or they could do what I hope we all leave this morning doing or they could face this thing, this obstacle, by faith. Joshua, we could lead them in such a way that they would face this obstacle by faith. And that's what I want us to do this morning. The thing in your life that's between you and what God has for you, we're going to face it by faith. So let's look, at, uh, let's look at the story back in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Uh, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. I find that kind of interesting because the Israelites were probably scared and thinking, how do we take them? But the people in Jericho were actually scared of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in, so they've shut the place down. They're on lockdown. Unfortunately, we know what that means at this point in our history. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You might bring me down just a hair. I'll make up for it with my yelling. Y'all ready? Man, you all are quiet. I, I'm gonna show you video of the 9:15 service. Like, you gotta have some energy. You gotta respond with. Are y'all there? Anybody there? Okay. All right. But the Lord said, to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. And uh, we're gonna go to English class just for a second. Bethany was an English teacher. she probably better at this than me. I'm not gonna get into the details. But you usually don't say about the future, I have eaten Texas Roadhouse this afternoon. Like, would you say that? You would say, I'm going to eat. Hopefully. And then we'd probably say, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. (laughs) But here, when God spoke to Joshua, when the Lord spoke to Joshua, he said, I have given you Jericho. Like, I've already gone into the future. It is yours. It's already done. And so we find in this moment that for Joshua to face, it, face an, this, this obstacle by faith, the first thing that, he was, that we see about his life and his experience is that he was communicating with God. If you take notes... Uh, that's the first thing to jot down if I'm going to face the obstacle the thing in my faith that, that in my life That the enemy is throwing at me that, that seems like an obstacle It's impossible and it's really just a distraction for the truth of what God has given me The first thing if I am going to face this by faith is I have to be in communication with God I mean, this situation was as dire as it could be from all military, uh, you know, uh, 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 interpretations and, and analysis. This was bad, and yet Joshua was still talking with the Lord so much so that he could clearly hear what God was telling him to do. So we, we have to look in our own life, and I think this is just amazing. I've given you Jericho, and so he gives him this promise. I have given you Jericho, and then he gives him the plan, and the plan's uh, it, it is it is not uh, what uh, what any military leader would have come up with. <laughs> all right, he says, "Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get all your people together. On the first day, uh, I, I want you. Uh, I, I, I need you to get the uh, the seven priests out in front with the ark and the trumpets and armed men. I want you to to, to attack them. No. <laughs> to walk." I want, you, I want you to just get all your people together. I want you to walk one time around the walls. I want you to do that for six days. And I'd have probably been thinking, okay, on the seventh day, we attack. No. God says, on the seventh day, I want, I want you to go around it seven times. If they were in their Fitbit, i get some steps that day. Once want you to walk all the way around it, and I want you take the ram's horn, and I want you blow it, and then with one last big blow, and want everybody to shout, like, that's, that, okay, there's our battle plan. <laughs> and if you're in that military, like, they've lost their mind, right? This does not make sense. And, and I could just see, like, while all this was happening, um, that it, 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 if they had, like, one of those ring cameras in Jericho, you know, we could go to YouTube and, and look and see what the people were doing in Jericho, right? They know that the Israelites have come and they're scared. And, and somebody, like, calls somebody. like, hey, go up on the wall and <laughs> look at these people. They're just out here walking. They're just walking laps. They're trying to get their steps in. What are they doing? And they probably called somebody else, and they're, like, just up on the wall, like, looking. and probably laughing. And so we find that because Joshua's in communication with God, he hears the specific commands, the promise, the plan. And so we've got to stop there for a minute and say, how, how do we communicate with God? There's two pretty clear ways. Um, one, he's written an entire love letter to you. And it's right here. If you want to hear God speak plainly and clearly and objectively, it's in his word. You can, you can find out what God thinks about a situation, what he would want you to do. At first, it starts here. There's right and wrong. There's guidance. There's direction. All in his word. So if you want to, if you want to know what God has for you in the future, and you say, I just can't figure it out. And then maybe you can look and say, well, how much time have I spent because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How much have I spent in the Word of God? How much time? Have I read? Have I studied? Have I memorized? Am I just excited about it? Am I listening? I mean, do you go back to your Life podcast and listen to all Jared's sermons over and over and over? I'm just kidding. Anybody, do you listen to sermons over and over and over and and just pour God's Word into your heart? And then then the, the next level of that is prayer, right? The time we spend Communicating with God. And what God does not want, and Bethany and I were just talking about this, He he does not want, uh, you know, a few minutes in the morning and then it'd be great at lunch. This is God thinking, it'd be great lunch if you just give me like 30 seconds, you know, before you, while you bless your food. God wants to walk each and every step with you. Like, he wants you in communication with him. He wants you uh, listening to him, feel, sensing his guidance, like, your whole life. Like, he just wants you with him every moment of every day, walking, communicating with him. So, prayer, Bible study, reading the Bible, God's Word is here, truth is here, and it will speak to you. I promise. I remember when I first thought, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being called to preach. It was when I was studying my Bible. I remember reading it and being like, oh, that's powerful like I felt something I was like I'm like maybe I don't want to tell people am I is that preaching am I I remember feeling that thought and I closed my Bible for a while and wouldn't look at it there's power in this word and is how he communicates the next thing we find that they do in verse 6 Verses 3 through 5 are those, those directions I told you, the plan. It says, So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, March around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. And so the first thing we see that Joshua is, is communicating with God, and, and then just so we have another C word, we find that he complies with God. He's in compliance. That, that he has heard what God has told him to do. He's, he's listened, he has spoke with him, and he's been given guidance, and then he steps forward and he takes the action in obedience to do what God has asked him to do. He gathers the people up and he tells them the exact Plan That God has given them He says here's what we're going to do And so I just imagine this uh, This day seven As they're in the middle of this Living in obedience Took courage Took endurance uh, uh, And what they, they found in this patient time Of, of walking around the city Maybe just slowly, uh, their helplessness became obvious. So maybe you're in a season of life where yet you've been tackling this 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 obstacle, the addiction, the thing in your life. You're like you've been going right at it, and God is keeping you patient and trying to re- help you realize you got your focus wrong. And it really just wants to see your helplessness and that you just need him. Because I was thinking as they, they were looking and laughing, because this is what happened. When you step out in faith and you follow God, there will be people looking down from walls saying, What in the world are you doing? You will have the friend that doesn't, that, that's never been to church or doesn't know anything about Jesus or, or maybe they used to go to church and then they got hurt and now they never go. You will have the person in your family at Thanksgiving, at work, somewhere that when you are living out your faith in Jesus, that will be laughing behind your back and maybe even to your face. And so it took courage, it took endurance, it took seeing that I, we are helpless and we need a Savior. Took them seeing the wall all the way around, over and over and over, and to see we can never do this on our own. We cannot do it alone. See, their victory hinged on obedience. You've heard me say several weeks ago you know, obedience is not going to get you into heaven, and it won't, except for faith in Jesus Christ by grace, by our faith in Him. That's the only thing that saves us. But I, I will tell you that, that uh, righteous living and holiness, that sin creeping into a believer's life, breaks down your ability and begins to separate you and disables you to hear clearly what God has for you. It is not as clear when you are living with open sin in your life. All right? And so as you communicate with God and you draw closer in obedience and living as much like he is, he's called you into. If you're wondering what the future holds and you're living in anxiety, maybe it's because you're not communicating. Or maybe you, you've, you've turned from, from his commandments and you're just living in a way that is unpleasing to God. But we see this in verses 16 and 20. Um, the seventh time around, so they communicate with God, they comply with God. Uh, And then they they, they confidently trusted God. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout! Everybody wake up just now. (laughs) For the Lord has given you the town. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. So you've got you to be here just for a minute. What I don't think they did was, uh, well it says they didn't. It says they shouted as loud as they could. They didn't like walk around the seventh time and look at each other. And you're like, you think this is embarrassing. I'll yell a little bit. No, they knew the promise that Joshua had given them said, I have given you this city. And so when they came to the obstacle, the distraction, they confidently trusted in the Lord. They shouted as loud as they could. They gave it all they had. They shouted in confident trust in his promises in what he Had told them. You see, the the walls are not the problem. These obstacles in your life are not the problem. I want you to think just for a minute before we make a little transition here. If you want the secret of this sermon, if you want what God has put in my heart and what is true to His word, is 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 what they could have easily done was to begin to strategize that's what I would have done how tall is the wall what kind of equipment do we have how much equipment can we get what kind of warfare is it's gonna take how could we uh, I'd probably be thinking how could we trick them I'd be a Trojan horse kind of guy when you're up against impossible you just find a way around it well we could we could get in the door somehow you know dress up like a merchant or I don't know I'd have been figuring it out right And so, this is what we do when Satan comes into your life with lies and and obstacles and and deception. It is really nothing but a distraction. And you will immediately start attacking it. You will try to fix the anxiety. You will try to fix the fear. You will will try to fix your, your marriage. You will try to fix your child. You will try, like, you start attacking whatever has come into your life. And so you cannot overcome the obstacle by trying to overcome the obstacle. It's the exact opposite. I remember when I was working for SOAR, um, you know, for a long time here, the the economic strategy had been uh, 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 industrial jobs. Like, we need need manufacturing in the industrial parks. We need to create jobs. And I remember doing some math and seeing, like, we've got... um, like When we first started the work, like we, we really needed 30,000 jobs in eastern Kentucky. I don't mean to discourage you, but it was a lot. Like this our region is just in, in difficult places, and I'm not going to go through all that. But I remember thinking, man, if we filled up every industrial park, that'd be like 8,000 jobs. I remember thinking, we can't do it this way. You Can't think about it like that. And then we had this one program over in Hazard, it was called Teleworks USA, where they were connecting people to remote work. Many of you probably understand remote work, you may have family members working remotely. It means I work for whatever company, they don't have an office here, I work at a home, I work somewhere else. And I got on this this website called flexjobs.com and and they had 30,000 jobs posted. And I emailed the CEO of flexjobs.com and I said, we'll take them all. But I remember that moment in my mind where, like, we're focusing on these one things, and you cannot solve the traditional problems that we have in the same way we've tried to solve it for 60 years. And so I remember when the focus began to shift, and we said, hey, we could do things different. And and over time, I think that Teleworks USA program grew. They've got five or six hubs now, like 4,000 people across eastern Kentucky working remotely, like with full-time jobs. What happened here is you will get focused on the wall. And really, all you need is God. You don't have to try harder to mount the wall. You need to have a hunger in your soul for a closeness with Him, with a dependence on Him. You don't need a strategy, you need a friend. You don't need religion. You need a Savior. And so what I want to walk you through just for a minute, I want to walk out of Joshua's life, and I want to walk into your life just for a minute, if you'll bear with me, just for a minute. I want to go to uh, some words of Jesus and what he had to say to you. And to me. You good? Y'all here? We're walking out of Joshua's life. Let me get that verse off. we we'll walk out of Joshua's life and we've walked into your life. I'm going to tell you what your friend, Jesus, said to you. In John 6, 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me. And I will never reject them. In this passage, I find acceptance. That Jesus spoke life into you just now, and, and he said, For whoever the Father has given me, I will never reject them. That means the obstacle of regret, of shame, of insecurity, of thinking that you're not enough, that you're not good enough, or thinking that I've got to to get my life right, I've got to do the right things, that Jesus is just a judge that is going to measure me and put me on the scales and say how much good have I done versus how much bad. That means regardless of any of that, despite all of that, that Those who the Father brings to me, and the ones he brings to me is those who put their faith in Jesus Christ and simply believed in him. He said, I will never reject. This morning, you may not feel accepted. But we have this promise of acceptance. I love the I will statements. Of Je- I mean, if he said, I will... For me, that's the same as when the Lord spoke to Joshua and says, I have given you the city. Jesus said, you come to me, you'll never be thirsty. Not, you come to me, and then you'll probably get thirsty, and then you'll come back. and then you'll Like, if you come to me... You will never be thirsty. The enemy will tell you you're thirsty and that you're separated and that God has turned his back on you. He's thinking this or that. He said, no, 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 that's a distraction. That's a lie. You will never be thirsty. You will never need again after I have filled you. After you've drank the living water, you'll never be thirsty again. Matthew four nineteen, Jesus called out to them as future disciples. He says, come follow me. And I will show you or I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. One commentator said this. Christ is clearly promising that if we just follow him, he will do the work in us. He will transform us into disciples who are usable. He will lead the transformation. All you need to do is follow that tells me that every person in here, all you have to do is follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, you better believe you've got purpose. You better believe he, he is equipping you. Uh, you better believe that the lies of irrelevance or uselessness or apathy are all distractions from the enemy. Y'all following me for just a minute? He's clearly promising that all you got to do is follow and he'll take care of you. Of the rest. You don't have to work harder, you don't have to try harder. He will take care of the rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight, then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. We have this promise of rest and restoration. Which means the obstacle of exhaustion or burnout. When we have our heart right, and when we are resting in Jesus, is actually impossible. Because we have this promise that He will give us rest, and I talked a little bit about this earlier, like ministry is a never-ending job. Like you see pastors all the time get burnt out. Like just get to the end of the road because it never ends, right? Like, like It's not like we get to five o'clock, and we're like, or we like two o'clock, and we're like, "Oh, we got it all done today.", we got got 300, 350 people coming uh, co- consistently. You know, once or twice a month into this place. And you think about 300 families just communicating with them. We got the boxing gym. We got the coffee shop. We got this facility. We got counseling. I mean, God has just moved us into this place of like where it can never end. Literally, you could work daylight to dark and not get the work done. Like we need all the volunteers and help that we can get to keep up with what God is doing. But this promise to me tells me I don't have to carry all that burden. I don't have to do all the work. I just got to be faithful in the season I can. And I can come to him find rest. He was speaking here, though, really, not just in life finding rest. It was rest from legalism. Because of the church at that time, the leaders, they had 500 and some rules you had to live by. Like, to be righteous and holy. And guess who lived by them? None of them. <laughs> like, they cared about how you acted on the outside. They didn't care about people's hearts. And Jesus said, you know what? You are trying so hard... And let me t- He didn't say this right then But this is what, the, what he says in the New Testament He says you're working so hard And I've already done all the work Like I lived the perfection You can and will never live the thing you're trying to please God and become accepted to God by, by living the right way and doing all the right things, it is exhausting. That's what he was talking about. He was saying, you, if, 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 and maybe some of you were raised in a religious environment, and it's just like every week you've got to keep it up. You've got to live it. And maybe you didn't, and maybe you did And he's saying, that is no way to live. I've done the work. My burden, my yoke is easy. He give us, gives us this promise of rest, of peace in our heart to know he has saved us. In John 14, 18, he says, No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me, and because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them And reveal myself to each of them because I love them I will reveal myself to each of them we find this promise that Jesus will reveal himself to every believer that will begin to take away uncertainty and anxiety when we're in communication and obeying confidently trusting him This is what one person said. All the arguments and proofs for God's existence pale in comparison to actually experiencing a relationship with God through Christ. Jesus promises us that when we obey Him, He will manifest Himself to us. John 14, 15. If you love me and obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate or a helper who will never leave you, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. He says, I'm leaving, but I will send one to help you. I will send the Holy Spirit. The beginning of John 14, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you. So that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. He said, I will come and get you. We have this promise of eternity. With him, it 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 means. The distraction, he says, if you pursue his kingdom first, he'll give us all the other things. But the distraction that, that Satan likes to throw at us is building our own kingdom in this world. Building Jared's kingdom. And he says, that's a distraction. He says, you've got a home in heaven. This is your kingdom. You're my family. I would love nothing more than uh, if God would speak to me just like Joshua. Just like so clear, like you could pin it down. He said, uh, uh, where where he said, I have given you the city. I don't get that kind of audible... God speaking into my room and speaking and saying those things but he speaks through this he speaks through his Holy Spirit he speaks through prayer and I've sensed that I've had times in my life where God spoke things to me and I felt it in my spirit and I share it with Bethany usually only uh, and 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 it's like I I can see how he's working where he's leading one of those times happened out here on exit 23 coming down said so I want to be in the heart of Eastern like I want to be downtown that's where that's where I belong God said I change man's heart I want to be at the center of everything that's happening as an illustration to how I want to love the people that are there that was before we had this space and I would say that's cool God but I have no idea where or how and now here we are but he speaks to us through his word and his spirit and what I want to share with you right now as we close is I want you to live in such a way just like the Israelites did on day seven. Because the things I've shared with you that Jesus said is just the beginning. There's all kinds of more promises there from God. But I I want you to live in a way. I I want you to, to live in a way that you hear God speak to you that says, I have given you this city i have already taken care of all the things i want you to live in a way that you don't get uh, have a, a hiccup coming uh, into life it's a distraction that's an obstacle and that you, you forget the verses and the truth, that you stand in victory because of the, the finished work of the cross, that you are in me, you are my child, I am Yahweh, you are mine. that the, the devil will get you thinking, uh, if he can convince you, he can never touch you. Let me tell you that first of all, he can never pluck you out of God's hand, he cannot do it. But he will get you thinking he can Which will get you apathetic enough to stop pursuing God's will and plan for your life. And what I want you to do today is I want you to see that there is nothing, just like Joshua and these walls of Jericho, there's absolute nothing when God has called you into something in the future. There is nothing that can stop it. (laughs) And so I want you to walk confidently in victory in Jesus Christ when Satan begins to tear your family apart or your marriage or your children or your work. I want you to realize and not just remember the verse like, oh, yeah, I remember like if, and this is, I'm preaching to me, by the way. Y'all can just listen. Bethany's like, amen. Resist Satan and he will flee. Not sometimes. It's a promise. It doesn't deserve a half shout. I think it said, I remember that. It's like, I'm gonna try it and see. I'm resisting you, Satan. Is he gonna go anywhere? No, it is like when they got to the wall on the seventh day and the seventh time around and the the horn sound like they shouted. And so we're going to do something this morning i don't have a ram's horn but y'all are going to shout y'all want to shout in just a second last night we went to dude perfect we took uh Rozzy, a 12 year old daughter and uh her nephew hucky we got him tickets for his birthday back in december y'all know dude perfect is got a few oh my gosh y'all need to go look up dude perfect on youtube so it's these five college guys uh when they were five guys when they were in college they started just like home videos of like trick shots in the basketball goal in the backyard and put them on YouTube and one went viral. And now they have 50 million subscribers on YouTube. I mean, and, and so like they just didn't finish college and you know, they're still living like they were in college and, um, and but you know, last night they had, they go on tour like once a year for a month and they do a live show. And uh, so it was at Rep Arena, 20,000 people there And, you know, Harker, our three-year-old, we took him with us. And uh, he's not in here right now. He's upstairs. Y'all know Harker. Like, he yells. Y'all have heard him yell probably. So I was sitting there with him, and they do these countdowns. At the end of the countdowns, the whole place, you know, 20,000 people just erupting. Yeah! And Harker was just going, like, looking around, overwhelmed by it all. I was like, man, this is your time. You made for this. Like, over and over, it'd come up, and they'd, they'd count down. It's like, all right, we're going to yell really loud. And it'd get to time to yell, and he'd just be like, I was like, you yell when we're trying to bed. You yell at dinner time. You yell in the middle of church. You, this is made for you. Just scream, yell. You can do it right now. Never did it. Those people were yelling like I think the Israelites yelled standing at the wall of Jericho. This morning, before we sing this last song, I want you to just be honest with yourself about the things that you've almost given into, the things you've almost accepted as forever obstacles. And I want you to just trust in Jesus so much that you're in communication that we spent some time with him this morning a heart to be all in with him and in this moment we're going to confidently trust and we're just going to shout together and if you're at home on the live stream shout in your house make the neighbors wonder what in the world's going on it's like it's not even UK season y'all shouting over there but we're going to stand right now and here's what I know we're gonna get the worship team back up here You've put your faith in Jesus. If you have, you stand in victory because of his finished work on the cross. You stand in the power of the Holy Spirit because of the empty tomb. You're not living the rest of your life seeing if you can make it. God has called you into purpose. To be a part of his church. A church that said even the gates of hell cannot prevail against. There is power in your life that is untapped because Satan has you distracted in believing something is an obstacle. When I imagine the bricks or the mud or whatever in that wall, when they shouted, and they, like, if they could talk, they would say, But we're bricks. Like, we don't fall. Like, we're going to be here forever. And I believe God just was like, But I'm Yahweh. Like all things are for me and through me and to me and created by me. In your life, the thing that's holding you back, I just believe he can make it crumble. He has the power to do it. And this morning, we're going to give a shout and confidently trusting that. I'm not going to give you a prosperity message that says, absolutely, you're going to go this afternoon. And now that you've shouted, somebody's paid your house off. And, you know, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying your dreams are going to come true and, you know, you're going to be in the NBA next week. I'm saying if God has spoken to your life and has purpose for it, and he's moving in your life and calling you into something, there is absolutely nothing that can stop that. Okay? And the promises we have, there's nothing that can stop it. They must fall. Let's pray before we shout, God, this is your word. You've given us this. this you captured the history of Joshua and Jericho. So that a writer in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, could remind us of the power of when we face impossible things by faith. That when we walk around them and acknowledge our helplessness for what they are. When we're in communication with you. When we are following your guidance and commands for our life. And when we are confidently trusting you that walls will fall. God, we just pray that in this moment, in this season, that we can live into the truth and the power of who you are in our life and lay our own lives down so that we might find life and have it more abundantly in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.